let you know how I feel before it even matters. Would I really change the way you see it's hiding from me? Would it really change the way you see Welcome everyone. This is I am Khadijah Go Out With Purpose and thank you for tuning in to my experience. That song is my baby cousin, Bria Seed, Miss Bria Roland. Her, uh, the song is called Cycles. She put, uh, I guess you would call it EP out a couple of years ago and, um, during the beginning of my healing journey or in the process of my healing journey, I heard this song and I was like, I love it. And she gave me permission to use it on the podcast. So this will be my introduction song and please go listen to it. It's Bria Seed, B-R-I-A-S-E-E-D. She's local Dallas native, beautiful, beautiful young lady. Um, She does poetry and she's part of that scene. And, um, yeah, the, the song is beautiful. So this is, um, of course, I am Kadeja Go With Purpose. And this is an experience. And I wanted to start my first couple of podcasts off with talking about my experiences in my life so people can kind of get a feel of where I'm coming from when with this podcast and what um I hope to be able to create and add on more in the future. So last, uh, last podcast, I spoke about, you know, my youth and the trauma and the happy things that happened in my life and, and everything in between. And I left off with basically becoming an adult and becoming a single mother, not on purpose, but with basically no choice. And in that process of becoming a single mother, I caught my heart broke. I think that was the first time out of high school, because you know you have your high school heartbreaks and then you have your, then you become an adult. And that really crushed me. Uh, During that time, me and the father were, we were going to church together and he had made a decision to leave not me, but I mean, not the church, but me. And I was hurt and devastated, but I think I was more hurt than anything because like the next day he came and brought a girl to church. And I was like, your son is like four months old and you're already bringing a woman to church. And we just broke up yesterday. You haven't even given me time to even, you know, (laughs) you know, fill it all in. And so that was probably the first heartbreak I had and for probably the first reactions of me, you know, me reacting towards someone who treated me as I didn't, like I didn't have any feelings, like I wasn't, like I didn't deserve any respect at all. Yet I was trying to respect them in, in whatever way I could possibly do even when they were trying to break me. And, um, but I got over that, you know, several months later, got over him, moved on, started my life and moved to Southern California and stayed there for about five years and raised my son. He, he started his elementary school years there, um, in, uh, Riverside. And that was part of the time that I was pretty sing. I was single. I was going to college. I was working a full-time job, being a full-time mom and going to school full-time. So I really didn't have any time for dating. I went out, I hung out with beautiful people. Um, I have lifelong friends. I feel still there when I go back uh, to visit which will hopefully be soon one day. And I was there for about, yeah, five or six years, moved around a little bit, not too much. And 
I loved Southern California. I was able to go to LA, hang out, then go back to the empire and be normal. And then able to go, you know, go to Arizona to see my sister. So I, I had, I still had a good vicinity of family and friends out there, you know, go over my friend's house or barbecues, all sorts of stuff. Um, I did stop my going out, going out. I did more social events. Like if we had parties, like, um, at a place, there was Keith who I love dearly and I miss him. Rest in heaven, Keith. Um, they threw him and friends through parties and, um, I did more of that, uh, jazz festivals. Oh my God. Those are sun. Those are so fun. Pasadena, Long Beach. Oh God. I haven't been to a jazz festival since I left there. I don't think. Um, so when I was there, I did date. I had, I had a, I had a boyfriend, but it wasn't that serious. And it was, you know, just cool friendship. Uh, but I decided because my parents had left that to move to Texas and it really was really hard. I don't, I didn't want to live in Texas. I was fighting it. My parents had moved here first and then my dad was calling and he was like, you have to come, you, you got to come, you know, I don't want you out there by yourself. And then to me, I was like, I'm not by myself. I'm out here. And I felt good. I mean, my son was well, nine, 10 years old. And if something happened, I had a friend there that could go get him if something or, you know, I had, I had some little bit of padding, but my dad was like, no, my mom was like, no, you have to come out here. So <laughs> fighting, fighting, fighting. I finally came to Texas and I've been, I'm not going to say the word stuck. I've been living here since then. And, um, when people ask me, how do I feel? Do I like Texas? I'm going to be completely honest with you. I've never felt like this place was home. I always felt like it was just temporary, but it just seems like I, I can't get out of here. Maybe one day I will. Um, <laughs> I like it, but I, I don't think this will be the place that I retire unless something big happens and I'm just like, yeah, I'm going to stay here. I always, I'm always thinking of where else I could live <laughs> when it comes to Texas. So moving out here after I graduated, my son was around 10, got set up. Um, I was single for a while, very long, long time. Um, even single, even though I dated, I still, I was still single in Riverside, but really single out here. I wasn't socializing. I wasn't dating. I was really focused on just work and making sure my son had the life he needed, you know, like he got what he wanted, what he wanted to do, made sure he was in activities and just really devoted a lot of my life to being a mom. And once he got to a certain age, I think he was like 16. Yeah, he was 16. Um, I had met someone and stupidly fell, thought I was falling in love. I wasn't in love. I mean, maybe I was in love. So I met someone, fell in love and ended up getting married. Now we're going to talk about how we fell in, how I fell in love or he fell in love or we fell in love and ended up getting married. And the fall of that whole marriage. So I met this person and he was a grocery stalker at a store. And I was walking and it was at night. I would see him a couple of times when I'd go to the grocery store. And for a minute, I, it was just, I just see him. It wasn't, I was just like, I like going. For me, I don't know if this is anyone who likes to do this, but I like to go grocery shopping at night because there's not a lot of people. And I could just do my thing and get in line and go. And so, uh, you know, once or twice a week, I go to the grocery store and we catch eyes and we're like, okay, but 
I really wasn't paying attention too much to him. And then one day came to the grocery store and he was there and I think he just wore hats a lot. So I didn't really pay attention, but he didn't have his hat on this time. And I saw him, I was like, wow, he's cute. And he said hi to me and I said hi to him. And then a conversation ensued. And for about a, a long time, we just would flirt and have conversations and, he had told me he was a teacher by day and then the extra job was for him to pay his child support. And I was like, Oh, that's kind of smart. You know, you have your, you pay your child support and then you teach during the day. And, um, <laughs> oh, I'll just say this. That was a lie. He wasn't a teacher. Um, <laughs> I found that out way later. And, um, we just, we talked and became friends and flirted. And then I think one night, it was like nine months after we became friends, we kissed. And me, I was just cool with that. Cause I was just like, I could take it slow. I don't need to be under him and do all this. Cause I, I, I think for me, I was so used to being independent and by myself and not dating and not having a boyfriend that I wasn't trying to rush in with anyone, but we're not going to talk about how I rushed into a marriage. Um, so within that year, I discovered he had a woman that he was half living with, I guess he was living with her. He says he wasn't, but he was living with her and they had children. And I was just like, oh, snap. And I remember talking to him and saying, you know what? I really actually do like you and I love you. And damn, that's kind of fucked up that you didn't tell me about this. You know, it was just like, damn, 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 damn. That's all I kept saying. Like, why didn't you tell me, you know? why didn't you give me that information so I can make an uh, honest decision for myself? And, um, he was like, because I love you and I care about you. And I was just stupid. You know, the typical stuff men say when they do not men, people, because I'm sure some women say this too. Typical things people say when they get caught and me being a big dummy, I was like, oh, okay. But, I said, you know what? You need to figure out what you want to do with that. And that's pretty much it. And then, so after that, we really didn't talk that much. And then he was like, he was like, I can't stay away from you. And I was like, I get it. I understand. I feel the same way, but you know, you gotta do your thing with her and figure out what you're going to do because I don't want to be a part of that situation in that manner. I don't want to be a side chick or anything. So anyways, he decided that he was going to stay with her and move to this place in Texas, Odessa or something. I don't know. And, um, within like three or four weeks, he called me and he was like, I decided I talked to her and I decided I am going to leave. And, this is the funny thing. Um, this is around his birthday that this happened and, and the birthday situation is once <laughs> you're going to be like, well, damn, that was ironic. So he had decided that he was going to leave. She had called me. I don't know how she had got my number, but I guess it was on his phone. And she left, she left me this message and she's like, I don't want him no more. He wants you. And I was just like, I have no idea what's going on. And then he called me and he said, um, I talked to her. I left, um, coming back and I want to be with you and I want to marry you. Lord Jesus. Here we go. And I was like, okay, because the heart wants what the heart wants. The heart wants what the heart wants. That's what Selena says. And so he comes back and that's the beginning of my downfall. 
in my uprising <laughs> to healing. That was just the beginning, beginning, beginning. And so we got married a couple of months later. And um, that was it. And we were living together. I noticed that he liked to drink a lot. And I noticed that he couldn't wake up in the morning without having a beer. And I was just like, oh, shit, is he an alcoholic? And, you know, I spoke to my mom. She's like, he might be an alcoholic. And I was like, this and this is. This is a lesson for everybody who is like, oh, I believe in love and for love and first light. And it's okay for people to get married real quick and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, my situation is not your situation. Wait, just wait, please. Just wait for five years. Really do some deep diving. Ask some questions. Meet the family. I mean, when I mean meet the family, I mean sit down and have conversations and get your notebook out and take notes. Um, so within the four years we were married... Um, three and three, yeah, three years and 10 months or whatever. Um, my husband would go and leave and he would go back to his baby mother sometimes. Sometimes he would leave and he's only left, he, he's left me twice. I took him back twice. Third time he left, I was done. Let's just put that out there. Um, so he left once and that just tore me up. The first time after a year of us being together and married and all that, he was just acting really weird. And he, you know, he was like, I have to go to court. And I was like, go to court, get your paperwork filled out together so we can work out the child support. And like, you need to pay, pay her. Um, anytime I would try to talk, talk to him or discuss it, he was like, don't worry about it. I got it handled. And I, be like, you know what, I'm here to help. And a lot of times it was just like, no, I got it handled. And I was just like, okay, you got it handled. You got it handled. And so he went to court and then the day he went to court, and this was the first time he left, he never came back. And I was like, why didn't you come back? He's like, he lied and said he was at his brother's house, which I know he wasn't later on. And after that, I was just like, okay, you know what? Um, okay, like, I understand this is, this is a lot. And I thought, and I was making excuses. I was like, this is a lot. This happened. We got married. It's, it's a lot. Take your time to just readjust and get your brain together. Dumb. I should have just told him to stay the fuck away. But then he came back several months later and I, um, during that time that he was gone, I was in the hospital, got sick, came out, he had used my debit card, took my money, spent money on her. And just, he did some scandalous stuff while I was gone for like, I was at the hospital for like a week and he had just did some scandalous stuff. And when I came back, I was like, okay, I got to get well. Don't trust him. I changed my bank account, canceled everything. And I just had to like kind of regroup. And then he came back after that. And then for the first time he came, first time he left, he came back and I was like, okay, you know, this is, this is cool. I can handle it. Right. And, um, we tried, I started going to church a little bit here and there praying. And I remember him coming back and he just took my hand and started praying. And I was like, okay, this is cool. This is good. We're praying. He wants to make this work. Um, I met some people, some of his friends, they were kind of sketchy. I was not comfortable. This is where power discernment, listening to your gut feeling and not, and speaking up for yourself and walking away from things come in. But then after he came back, he left again. And I think we're in an argument. I was like, why don't you just leave? And he left, left. And he went back over to the girl's house. And I was just like, okay. So what I did was I got up and I moved where he couldn't find me. I changed my number where he couldn't find me. And I was just like, done. But me and his mother had still had contact because his mother I liked. And she was, you know, she's cool. Crazy, crazy lady. Rest in 
you know, rest in peace, Miss Shirley. But, um, you know, I, I kept her and my mom were still friends and they still socialize with each other. So, um, I, I was like, you know, I'm going to work on me. And then he called and he's like, I, I want to come back. I'm sorry. I messed up. And, you know, whoop-de-whoop-de-whoop-de-whoop. My dumb ass. Okay. I'm always going to call myself dumb on this one because I'm going to admit it. I was dumb. I was ditzy. And this time when he came back, I remember laying next to him and I looked at him and I said, if you leave one more time, I'm not doing this no more. And he looked at me. He's like, okay. And I think he thought it was bullshit. And I need to give everybody this heads up. If I say something like, if you do this one more time, I'm done. I really actually mean it. And I've never backed down from that phrase. But people, because I won't say anything. I won't, if, if I don't mean that, I wouldn't say it for me, right? Because I know there are people that say that. But for me, I would never, I'm not going to say it unless I really mean it. And so he came back. We were together for a little while. And, uh, he, you know, he found me, called me, came back. And <laughs> I, I started working out a lot while he was gone. This is, I started losing a lot of weight. I was really getting into my fitness. I was helping some of the girls out at my job. We would work out after work. I mean, I had lost a lot of weight and I was really feeling good about myself. My skin was clearing up, you know, just everything was going good. And then he came back and then I was like, he didn't have a car. Oh, and just to let you guys know, I had bought him a car and he wouldn't make payments on it. And so it ended up getting repossessed and I was like, great, you know, mess my credit up. And, um, so when he came back, he had no car. And so me and him had to share my car. And so me working out, he had, that had cut a lot of that because he had to go to work at a certain time and we had to share the car. Like I said, it was a mess. And I, there was a day that I went out and I went and worked out and I came back and I was gone for a while because I worked out and then I went to go see my mom and my sister and we were just chatting it up, yapping, yapping, yapping. And I came back and he was so mad and uh, his blood pressure had been up that whole week. And, I, I, you know, he had some issues. And I, and I was taking care of him that whole week. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go work out because you seem okay and take care of my mom and see my sister and stuff. And then when I came back, he looked at me and he's like, yeah, give me the keys to the car. And I was looking at him like, hmm, something's weird. I was like, if you walk out, I don't feel like something good's going to happen. You just need to stay home. And he looked at me, he's like, give me the keys to the car. And I was like, okay, well, that was the last time he stepped in that house. We'll say, because within that 24 hours, he took my car, drove over to the lady's house, spent the night, set, had, you know, I had my son go try to pick up the car. Cause I knew he was over there and he wouldn't give the car back. They called the cops on my son because they were like, he's trying to get the car. And I was like, that's my car. And the cops are like, well, you guys are married. So it's both of your guys' car. So my son just left and his mom finally called and said, give that girl back her car, you know, leave her alone. And so I'm going to tell a quick story about what happened. And I'm just going to say the police did nothing. They told me I, it was my fault. So, he comes back with the car at midnight and I'm standing out on the balcony because I'm just like praying like, God, please bring my car back. And I see him pull up. So I go downstairs and I'm like, hey, give me the keys. And he hands me the key to the car, but he doesn't hand me the key to the house. And I'm like, I need the house key as well because I didn't, I know what kind of person he is. And I know he, if I left for work, 
he could go in there and take whatever. Like his stuff was in there. And I was like, you can have your stuff right now. But I didn't want him to take my TVs and, and any personal things of mine. And um, what he did was he jumped in her car with the keys to my house. He gave me the key to the car, but he jumped into her car with the keys to my house. And I said, hey, you know, I stood there and I said, give me the key to the house. Where are you going? I do not want you coming in the house. And he, and I stood there and then he turned to her and he said, hit that bitch. And she hit me with a car. And I'm a very strong person physically. I know this. And I was already mad. I was done. And whoever listens to this, they're going to get what they want to get out of this. I wanted the keys in my fucking apartment. So he hit me with a car and she hit me with a car. I jumped on top of the fucking hood and said, give me the keys in my fucking place. And she started driving off. This is where this, this is where craziness ensues in my life. And I'm like, this is not okay. And then she stops the car. I get off. He jumps out the car, pushes me into the bushes. My son runs out and this, it's just craziness. They drive off. I report it to the police and the police tell me, well, it was your fault. Cause you jumped on the car. And I was like, okay. So her hitting me with the car. He's, and I was, he's like, well, why didn't you move out the way? I was like, I did try to move out the way. And every time I moved, she would move the car. It was questions and he would, and the officer was like, it just sounds like you didn't want him to leave and you're trying to stop him from leaving. I said, I wanted him to give me the key to my apartment so he couldn't get in, you know, and I was really trying to be calm and, you know, cause when you're explaining something, you have to be consistent and your story has to be consistent across the board. And he's like, well, those two said you jumped on the car and you were trying to stop him from leaving. And I was like, how can I stop this six foot two, 240 pound man from leaving and jumping into this lady's car? I was like, whatever. So I just let it go and made a decision to move on, which I did. I filed for a divorce. He did disappeared. I had got a phone call from another woman that he had started dating because he let, left the other woman and then went to another state and started dating another woman. And she called, found me on Facebook and sent me a message. And this was about nine, 10 months later. And I was like, Hey, do you have his, his, uh, do you have his phone number? Because I need to get in contact with him because I need to serve him divorce papers. And all at the end of the day, I was able to follow divorce papers and I divorced him the day before his birthday. And I said, happy birthday you are free. And before the whole divorce, I had gone through this thing and I've spoke about this on my swellcast about my anxiety being so bad from what had happened through those years with him. And I wouldn't leave the house for a long time. I was so stressed. Um, had agoraphobia literally would not leave the house. I like, I would try to walk to the mailbox and I would just freak out. I was having night terrors to the point where I wouldn't sleep at night because I felt like if I fell asleep, you know, I'd wake up and have a night terror or have a night terror while I'm sleeping, wake up and wouldn't be able to breathe. I just always had this feeling like I was going to die in my sleep. And so this is before the divorce. And, um, it took a long time. It took a lot for me to heal from that. And I still have till this day, sometimes falling, going into that deep sleep, I will jump out of my sleep and and be like, you know, it's not as bad. It's not, I don't have the night terrors anymore, but there are moments I'll just jump out of my sleep. And, uh, it was tough, but I got through it. And all my feelings, everything I felt for this person, it left. Oh God. It had just, when I walked my dad, I love my father. He was like, I'll take you to go get the divorce. So my dad took me to the courtroom, drove me. My dad's the best. And, um, he uh, stood outside and I walked out and I said, 
I got my name back, Dad. I paid money to get my my last name back. I didn't want his last name. I had hyphened and I just dropped that hyphen off. And it was, I when I walked out, I felt like I had an 800 pound gorilla off of my back. Because what I didn't tell people is there are moments he has slapped me. There are moments he would, he would literally call me a hoe during our marriage. I was a hoe. I was a slut. Um, I think I'm better than people. I mean, he would really try to break me down. And there were moments he broke me down. There were moments he began to crack at what I worked so hard to build up. And uh, it was a lot of cracks in me when I divorced him. And after that divorce, I started to, you know, went back to work, got a better job, uh, just started my life, met some people. They tended to have girlfriends and I was like, nope, nope, please move on. I'm not doing it. And just kept going on with my life and working. I started CrossFit, started building my body, getting muscles, started, you know, I think I did a couple of, yeah, I did a couple of competitions. I met my best friend, Paola. Um, I just, my life started changing and getting better in the sense of outward, the outward part of it. Inward, I was so focused on, you know, trying to get fit and stuff. I wasn't really working, doing the, the work within to heal from the trauma of childhood and then the divorce. I just thought, okay, time heals all wounds, but mm, healing heals all wounds. Working on yourself heals all wounds. And so once I started to get my life back together and build my life back up from the divorce, I had met this person and we'll call him Pickle. I think I called him Pickle in the previous place. And Pickle is the reason, not the reason, but he is the catalyst of me really, really, really coming to a part of my life where self-accountability, self-analysis, self-control, self-love, self-care, healing, like him and the what happened with him really forced me and continues to force me to make changes and look within and hold myself accountable on things that I might do or react. Learning to step away and really take a self-analysis and look at things in a different light. So I met Pickle on line pickle used to be my son's bjj instructor and we weren't talking or anything then i think we just followed each other online and that was it and then a couple of years later pickle started to okay so you guys know how we poke each other people poke i didn't do this but poke people on facebook I don't even know if they still have it because I'm barely on there. But he poked me. He kept poking me. He like poked me 14 times. And I poke him back. And I'm like, is this flirting? I was like, I thought he had a girlfriend in my head. So I'm just like, okay, I don't know what's going on. But okay, poked him back. He poked me. Poked him back. He poked me. It was really cute for about a month. Then we stopped poking each other. And then (laughs) he sent me a message on Facebook and was like, Hey, you know, I'm doing this thing at park. I would love for you to come. And I couldn't come. I was like, I have this girl thing going on, but you know, um, let's do lunch or something. And I'm going to let you guys know this. Now I had did deep dive into his Facebook page. Cause I was like, okay, does he have a girlfriend? Is he claiming somebody like what? And there was no pictures of anyone for the past couple of years on there. So I was like, okay. He doesn't have a girlfriend. 
that's good. I don't see anybody. You know how you like kind of go through the mess. I don't know if anybody else does this, but you kind of go through the messages to see if there's like anyone say, baby, I love you, blah, 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 blah. None of that. So, um, I was like, okay, this is cool. And, and in my head, I'm like thinking, okay, he used to be Elijah. Elijah's my son. He used to be Elijah's uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu instructor, there is no way he would do something like that. I mean, you can't be that messed up of a person, right? So I let my guard down and we went out on a date, a lunch date. And soon as we walked up and I saw him, he gave me this kiss and he just kissed me. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, I was like, okay, all right. And we had this conversation. It was at this place, a barbecue place that everybody goes to. And we had this conversation. And in this conversation, I was like, why are you single? And he was like, I jump into relationships too fast. And I was like, he was like, well, why are you single? And I was like, every guy I speak with has another woman. And I don't know why they keep choosing me to date because I'm not into that. And so we talked, flirted, talked. I mean, it was a good conversation. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, the guy's smooth. He's charismatic. He is really actually a charismatic person. Pickle, mm, yeah, he got it good. That all changed though. <laughs> that really, that charismatic person, it it changed. Um, so we started dating, and then I'm telling this story now so people can understand again. I'm letting you guys know this is where the person I am now had to come into play. And so we dated for a while. Um, I ended up moving near him out of his, his, you know, he recommended it because I had did CrossFit in the same area. My job was in that area. And he was like, you know, why don't you move over here and I'll help you find a place. And I ended up moving across the street and we ended up still being together and all this stuff. I mean, it was really smooth and cool for a while. I'm going to tell you this though. He didn't help me move. He had come up with this thing saying that he had to help his mom move or something in uh, New Orleans or wherever they're from. And, um, he couldn't help me move, but I had my friends from CrossFit help me move and that was cool. But that's a different story. Cause my dad was like, soon as <laughs> I told him, no, he's not here. He's like, he ain't shit. <laughs> my dad was always right. Always right. And, uh, so moved across the street and we continued our relationship and then you know what? This might be a part three. I don't know. This is a lot. <laughs> this is going to be a lot. And then during this time, he spoiled me. Like, and I spoiled him. I mean, we spoiled each other. He'd buy me gifts. I'd buy him gifts. There was one time he gave me a whole day it was like, here's your spa day, got my nails done, massage, da 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 da. He said, you know, because he couldn't be in town that time. At that time, you know, he traveled and stuff and played his horn because he's a trombone player and he was in a band. And so he was like, um, I'm going to give you the Stacy day. And so he gave me this day, spent a lot of money. Um, I saw one of the bills and I was like, wow. And I was like, thank you. He's like, because you need it. You work a lot hard. You work hard. And you work a lot. And I was just like, wow, you know, like anytime I needed him, he was there. Pick up the phone. He was there. He was everything good on paper. And, you know, I had told him in the beginning of the relationship, you know, I suffer from anxiety and I don't feel like I can rely on anybody. And he was like, well, I'll never leave. I'll always be here. And he was there. Like, he was really there. There were instances where if I even sounded funny on the phone, he would come up over to the house and I'd be like, what are you doing here, you know? 
because you, I, my voice didn't sound right. Well, unbeknownst to me, through all this, he had another relationship with someone in a different city. And unbeknownst to me, <laughs> if I'm saying that word right, I wasn't the first time he did that. Like he, he had been cheating on, uh, let's give her a name. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Banana. Okay. So he had been cheating on banana with other people before me. And I'll get to this place. This is going to be a long podcast. I'm going to get this out the way because in the end, I want every single person to know that your deep, dark spaces that you you might be in right now, you can get out of. And whoever put you in it, they don't have the power to keep you in it. So, so I didn't find out how I found out about Banana. Banana was supposed to be his ex. This is what he told me. Because I asked him previously, I was like, I had uh, asked him, I said, like, who is this person? Because she had tagged him on something while me and him were together. Before that, she hadn't tagged him on anything. But when me and him were together, she had tagged him on something. And it wasn't like a big deal, but it was like, who is that? And he was like, oh, that's my ex, blah, 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 blah. And... I was like, okay. And then I was like, for me, I'm still exes with my friends. I'm still friends with some of my exes. I mean, I can, they can vouch for this. We have hung out and there's nothing intimate. So for me, I was, I was always trying to give people the benefit of the doubt. And I was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. And so me and him had this discussion. I remember we were standing outside and he was like, oh, this is why I don't do social media. I don't like social media because this is this. Me, me, I'm like, no, don't worry about it. It's okay. Blah, 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 blah. You know, giving that reassurance that it's okay. I'm not, I just needed to get confirmation about it. It was bugging me. I saw the post. Since you say this is your friend, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. God, he was so good at making people as at gaslighting. Oh my God. He's a professional. He should teach a class. Sorry, people. I live in a loud area. I don't know if you heard that. Um, and in that move forward, we're still, you know, we're together and doing birthdays and, you know, just everything. And after I confronted him about her. So I had moved past that. Well, we started to get a stalker and I don't know when it's funny because the stalking situation actually started after I had questioned him about her. It had started a couple of months later. And this took me several years after to think about that. And it took conversations with people and, you know, therapy to like, God, the stalker situation started, you know, a couple of months, maybe right after he told me that was just his friend. And my gut feeling was telling me something totally different, but I didn't want to listen. So the stalker situation, and I have a swell cast about the stalker situation, um, the link is in my uh, IG bio and also for my Swellcast. So I'll, I'll make sure you guys see that. Um, the stalker situation started to happen. And this is where I should have just walked up and left. The stalker had so much information on him and a lot of people, they were just stalking everybody. I mean, they were stalking my CrossFit gym. They were stalking his family, her family, um, my, my kid, like it was just, they were everywhere. And I was just like, what? And he was like, change your number and do this and do that. And, And this had gone on for a couple of years. And through the several years that this had happened, it was like, change your number. Don't do this. Don't do that. 
um, shut your account down. So I ended up deleting my Facebook account, lost all my history. I ended up deleting my IG account, lost all my pictures and all my connections. Um, I shut my life down for about a year and my friend can attest to this because she had came over to my house and was like, where are you? What's going on? Why are you missing? And I was just like, you know, I let her know. She's like, oh my God. And I I think one day I'm going to have her on the podcast and we're going to talk about our friendship and stuff. But she was a witness to me and him interacting. She's been around me and him a couple of times. Um, so she had checked on me and I was like, yeah, this is going on. We got a stalker. The stalker is threatening people. They would post pictures of his daughter on a site and him. He had sites that he was on and I don't know. It was just all sorts of stuff. And I was just like, you know how you're you're nosy and you're trying to figure out stuff? And I'm like, something's not adding up. So, two plus two is equaling 20, 20, 55. It is not equaling four in this situation. And um, for a while, I just, it kept getting worse and worse. I was getting, like, I was getting so many weird text messages. I was just, it was so freaking crazy. And then he started to distance himself from me and things just started changing. And we had a discussion and he was like, I, you know, I kind of need to take a break because the stalker situation, it was like really big to me. Now I look back and it must have not been that big because he kept his IG account. He kept his Facebook account. He still has a girl. They're still together. And he seems to, it seemed to stop affecting him when me and her found out about each other. And so fast forward, stalker's still going on. I end up getting a message from Banana a couple of, you know, a year and a half into the stalker situation. I think it was a year and a half. Um, and me and her talk and she tells me, yeah, me and him been together for, I don't know how many years, eight years. I don't fucking know. They were together for a while. And I'm like, what? And she's like, yeah. And Pickle, you know, he's done this before and he's done this twice. And the other one was his side chick, I guess. And I was like, oh, I'm not a side chick. Me and him are in a relationship and we have a bike together. I had got him a bike for his birthday. Um, we had credit cards together, like me and him were in a relationship and I was like, I don't know what's going on with you, but you know, and she was like acting so surprised. She's like, did you buy him a card and write this, this, this on it? And I was like, yeah, because he, he had won world championships and all this stuff and we got him balloons and I, I would babysit his dog and, um, my dog and his dog were, became really good friends and, I had his dog all the time. And so me and her had like three, four hour conversations. And in that conversation, I learned a lot. And I had to come to grips with realizing how delusional I was and how me and I was so angry at myself because I didn't listen to my power of discernment I didn't I knew something was off for a while and I didn't listen to it. And there were moments I would try to walk away and he'd be like, I don't want anybody else to have you. And I would be like, okay, because that's what I, I needed to hear. It was him serving, you know, feeding the ego in me. And I, I'm not going to say I think now, but I realize how dark I started to, it started to get before I even found out about her. I, 
like a couple of months before and I started getting depressed and because we weren't spending time together and I was like thinking it was all my fault. I kept thinking, you know, he would have a hard day and I would try to give him a gift to make him feel better. And I, and we would, he would gaslight me and we'd have these conversations and I'd be like, well, the, give me the FBI information. And that's another story about the FBI. And he would, no, you know, he would change the subject and it was just all this stuff about the stalker and he would always blame the stalker for it. And in the end, it was him cheating and being a liar and a manipulator. And the stalker probably didn't have that much significance on the reason why he was doing and acting the way that he was. He was just what he was. So I went into a dark place after that and I started drinking and I talked about this in the first podcast, you know, couldn't drink enough, couldn't do enough. Couldn't, there was nothing enough for me to heal. And I don't know if I even wanted to heal at that moment. I think I just wanted to numb myself. Like if I could have Novocaine and just numb myself, I wish I could have because I know now I needed that pain in order for me to be able to work on my emotional intelligence, work on my social skills, work on how I react to things that trigger me, deep dive into all my trauma, deep dive into what I'm, why I stay with people like that and why I would date people like that and why I felt I could save somebody. My love could save somebody. Like all these things. And I'll, I'll talk about each individual subject more later because it, for me, once I ended up alone, I had no job. I lost my job like six months after we broke up. I gained a lot of weight. COVID happened. And in the middle of all that, my son had left. I had to be alone in my insanity and in my darkness. And I was not in a good place. And I would text and text him and text my friends. And I was so messed up from what he did. And I remember I told him, I said, you don't understand the ramifications of what you did because I loved you so much. I loved you so much and you did not have to do this. We could have been best of friends. You didn't have to lie and you didn't have to be this person I thought you were to me and make me, not make me, but con me into giving you my heart. I trusted him physically. I felt safe with him. And I always say this, I physically felt safe with this man. But as we progressed into the relationship, my heart didn't feel safe. I didn't feel like he would protect my heart. I felt like he would protect me physically, but my heart, I didn't feel like he would protect. And I was dealing with all these things internally that I was covering in the relationship with him, like the relationship with him and getting some of that getting some of that care and that love from him, I thought it was love, um, was covering all the work that I needed to do. And I'm so blessed to this day that what happened happened because I don't think if him being that liar, that manipulator, gaslighting me, putting me through all that, he didn't have to, but I don't think if he did, I would be the strong person I am now. I wouldn't be able to say, you know what? I need to take care of this situation. Um, I wouldn't be as aware as I am now. I am so more self-aware. I am more cognizant of what's going on with me and when I need to focus, reshift my focus. Um, 
And I am so, it's so easier for me to say, you know what, right now is not a good time. I need to do this and walk away from, from things and come back to them because they'll still be there. And I say I have, they say you have three great loves in your life. I don't know these were my loves. I just think these were experiences. But these experiences, my son's father, my ex-husband, and Pickle have all taught me something and got me to where I'm at now to where I won't even entertain a relationship with, or even entertain a person in the sense of, oh, I'll try to have a relationship with you. No, if, no, there's so much. (laughs) It's not a wall, it's a door. And there's things you have to do, things I have to see, conversations we have to have, time has to be spent before I let you walk in that door. And ever since that relationship, no one has been able to walk in that door. People have stood there, we have talked, but then I close the door right back up because the time I spent alone crying, begging, begging for someone to, not someone, begging him, I'm going to be honest, begging him to give me some type of grace and explain to me why he did what he did. He wouldn't. And some of my reaction, a lot of my reactions was my fault. Me reacting the way that I did, uh, wow. Texting a lot. That was just my thing. I, I get drunk and text and black out. And I was searching for him to give me or show me that there was a glimpse of the person I thought he was, but that person was never there. It was a facade. Um, and for me, I had to walk through the fire and start to, you know, shut that fire down within me so I can really heal. But like I said, I had to like walk through the fire. I had to go through it. I had to be defeated. I had to, all my energy had to be taken out. Like all this had to happen for me to sit here and talk about it and, and laugh at times and, and feel a certain way and not, not, I'm not angry anymore. I'm like, damn, you know what? I got through that shit. I got through it. There's going to be a part three. (laughs) Um, You know, I got through the pain. I got through the hurt. I got through the embarrassment. I got through the shame. I got through mental anguish, not being healthy mentally, wanting to die on the daily. I would like ask God, just take me out. I don't want to be here. Going through all that, I sit there and I'm like, oh God, you know what? You might have moments, but you're going to make it. You'll figure it out because you've been through all of this and you're still here. You're still here. You're still here. And I want you guys to remember that. You're still here. So... Thank you so much for coming in and listening. And I know this is a long one. Um, I'm going to do a part three to this in a minute. Uh, Love you. Bye.